welcome to episode 51 of the Night Gallery podcast. My name's Chris Brown. Today we're talking about The Dear Departed. It's the second story from episode 11, season 2. The script of teleplay was written by Rod Sailing. And uh, it's based on a short story by Alice Mary Scherning. Directed by Jeff Corley. And um, it's a tale of uh, people who try and speak to the dead. But unfortunately on this occasion they seem to get a bit of a cross line. You're all familiar, I suppose, with mediums and seances. The slightly curdling nocturnal event in which the dead come back to visit through the good offices of a middleman or woman. It's a sport that lends itself to table tappings, some ghostly manifestations that float transparently across the room, and a few distant sepulchral voices. This painting offers a new side to the familiar seance, because it tells what happens when a seance is successful, but the appearing dead isn't the one expected. Offered to you now on the night gallery, the dear departed. Our story features two con men, uh, Mark, who's played by Steve Lawrence, and Joe, who is played by Harvey Lembeck. Now, Mark and Joe are the type of confidence tricksters that run uh, seances. <clears throat> Mark pretends to be a medium who speaks in the, the spirit world through his, uh, his guide, a Native American. And uh, his name is the the medium's name is Radha Ramadi. <clears throat> and um, <clears throat> Mark is uh, yeah, able to speak, and, and this is done with a, a tambourine that uh, floats through the air, and also a, um, a, head, a disembodied head that flies around the room. And this is all controlled very intricately through Joe. And they seem to be doing quite well out of this, despite the fact that, as we're introduced to them, the show is obviously fake, but the people that are paying the money and paying a lot of money uh, don't seem to mind. They tend to be wealthy widowers or women who are mourning the loss of their daughter, have a lot of cash in the bank, and are taking some kind of solace from this. Um, Depends exactly your own opinions about whether that's worthwhile or not, I suppose. There are tensions in this camp, however. Um, Joe can barely keep it together at times. He, he smokes cigars when he shouldn't. He nearly speaks. Um, they've known each other for years between the two of them, but uh, Mark is, uh, Joe is very aware of the fact that he, you know, he, he has got the ability to mess up quite bigly. Uh, but to Joe's credit, he wants to stay with him. He really likes him. And without him, he doesn't think the show could go on. There is another problem as well. Joe has a wife, a woman called Angela, who's played by Maureen Arthur. Now, Angela is uh, incredibly um, OTT, sexually charged, and is basically gunning for Mark. Um, She really likes him, and he is um, falling for her. And their affair is intensifying all the time. Um, and obviously this will cause not just problems if they 
got caught, but also, according to Angela, our man Joe has a bit of a temper on the quiet. You mean Joe? Just because his temper is invisible, don't kid yourself that it's not there. The wind is invisible. Do you want to try a cyclone on for size? Oh, Angela, don't be silly. It just, just cool it a little, huh? Everything takes um, a rather dramatic change when um, Joe is hit by a car. Um, it's good in one sense, for, certainly for Angela, as now she's able to be in the arms of the man she loves, Mark. But Mark's initial worry is the fact that they have a seance that night and are going to really struggle to pull off anything, if anything at all. They're going to draw a lot of attention to themselves, which could get them into prison. Um, unsurprisingly, um, without Joe as the third man powering this all the great apparatus that surrounds the seance room, the wheels have come off. It's an absolute disaster. Uh, the tambourine, tambourine from Running Deer uh, slams on the desk repeatedly, clumsily. Um, a head, a disembodied head flies around the room, dangerously near, clipping into other people. And finally, the... Um, a tape of somebody's voice. He's actually played, I and mean, the actual voice itself has actually uh, been recorded by the director Jeff Corley in the sto in the production. But this guy's voice is distorted and, and, and booms, and then whittles away into like slow, slow distorted sounds, and um, it's it, it's all fallen apart basically. Mark, in anger and panic, starts to blame one of the members of the séance saying that his cigar smoke was uh, interfering with the show. But that isn't what's actually happening. The cigar was put out and suddenly Joe's green, dead, disembodied head comes into view and we discover that Joe has decided that because he feels he should stay with the show forever, he will do and therefore will haunt the, the new couple for the rest of their lives. Mr. Harcourt, you were told to put out that cigar. Uh, that's, that's why I'm having difficulty in establishing complete contact. Your assistant put it out for me. Huh? 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 Here. Here I am, Mark. said you needed me, so I came. You didn't think I'd let you down, did you? After I had made a promise? We're a team, remember? And we're gonna stay a team, forever. I think it's safe to say that the uh, the deal the Dear Departed gets some quite mixed reviews. Um, it's very light, and um, it does. It's more about having a bit of fun rather than a generally terrifying tale. I think um, Jeff Corley has made a uh, a piece that uh, I think a lot of people had a lot of fun making. Um, there's like a chummy look, you know, chumminess between the actors, which I think you can see on screen. Um, it's you know it's a bit more like a, a caper or a romp than than a ghost story, 
Um, and also with this, I mean, he he himself says that he he thinks that the uh, segment was handled a little heavy-handedly, uh, the director, and that's understandable, I suppose. It is a little in place. I mean, obviously, a disembodied green head at the end as your climax is always going to be a little bit like that. Um, but I think the main reason why people don't like this is when they realise that. Um, Jack Laird effectively it's one of the ones that Jack Laird completely rewrote um, the first three pages well let's go through this properly the first three pages are the same as Salem's original script and then um, then random differences start coming in very very thick and fast and see there's a great deal of change to the story but the thing that really stands out and basically shows that it's let Jack Laird stamp on it is um, when Mark and Angela Ed decides to go to the movies and like basically want to dump Joe off at the movies while they go off and have a bit of a, a bit more of their fling. And you go and see a double bill of the Dark Intruder and Destiny of a Spy, which is two of Laird's better efforts from the sixties, which is probably an indication exactly that, you know, he he's definitely trying to show that he's had a bit more impact on this story than possibly a lot you would you you would want, or well, indeed, a lot that that sailing would want. Um, the story itself, but is is different. It portrays a bit with the dynamic of the three, um, the three protagonists. Mark is very much a monster, attacking and bullying Joe, um, while simultaneously. Um, you know, making uh, very, very strong advances towards Angela. Joe is effectively an innocent in all this, and Angela a victim as she doesn't really like Mark, and Mark's quite lecherous towards her. Uh, another big change is that there's a copper trying to catch our fraudsters in action, and uh, is unable to do so because obviously the final twist isn't this terrible, fraudulent show. Uh, which isn't working properly, but the appearance of Joe in his in his you know his, his floating green face, scarred violently from the crash as well. Which I think there's an insinuation that this was cut for censorship reasons rather than reasons of um, of anything else of, of taste and decency. Um, so the big question is why these changes, uh, and the answer is we don't know. We don't know. No one's totally spoken about it. Um, we can only speculate. We do know that uh, Laird loves revenge themes in his work in, in the Night Gallery stories. We also know that he's not shy from a <coughs> an affair and a dysfunctional relationship, or indeed the ideas of you know um, people come back from the grave at the end. Obviously, it's all tonally fits with what he's into. Um, so it's, we're not exactly sure. There's nothing that actually rings a bell that says, you know, this is something that Laird, would, as executive producer, would not like. And my feeling is, this is at the stage when Laird felt he could rewrite everything when this was done. Um, before, you know, although it was shot in the December, there's, uh, you know, this is the stage when his stuff's getting rewritten because... Uh, Laird feels he can and uh, and he certainly can with his own writers but Sailing obviously kicks very violently against that um, we're going to be talking about the different ones in a few weeks time 
and uh, that's the really the story where I'm gonna do the last bit of the Laird sailing um, arguments. I mean, let's be honest, they do keep a united fronts, don't let's not make out like I'm gonna release this climactic story about them because there really isn't one. But um, it's uh, while I've kind of I'm always very harsh on the way Laird rewrote stuff, and on this one, I, I really don't understand why it was because the story that Salem submitted sounds a lot stronger. But um, the Laird stuff, uh, I think sometimes you, you forget some of the, 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 the frustrations uh, that the production team has with some of the stuff that Sailing was submitting. But we'll discuss that in a few weeks, as I was saying. So my thought is basically that um, it got rewritten because uh, Laird could and thought he should. And um, maybe... You know, took away some of the the more violence of the piece, but and also made it a bit more fun. But you know, that's something that he enjoyed doing. In truth, he enjoyed the slightly lighter pieces, as can be evidenced by the fact that the next story is an act of chivalry. Um, you know, I mean, that's a shame, but at the same time, it, um, I think that the story itself is is is, is quite strong. I mean, it isn't as good as it could have been but at the same time it is still an entertaining piece and uh, one that I thought was a lot of fun show business <laughs> just a prop man are you kidding you're the Michelangelo prop man Michelangelo <laughs> you're regular Leonardo da Vinci come on don't talk like that you pack up and go back to the Connie I go with you we're a team and I need you Joe Okay, um, had a little bit of feedback from uh, Keith Tan, who uh, I chat to on Twitter. Um, he he, it, because it's done through Twitter, it's a bit bit busy. But his basic gist was that he loved the costumes of Pickman's model, which is a story we were talking about yes last week. Uh, and he enjoyed how how he felt it got scary when Pickman was taken by the beast at the end. Um, also, that final shot when the new owners and his friend are, uh, are looking to get into sarcophagus, and the um, and his and you know you see the the eyes of of the monster in the deep. He's also um, a fan of the ending of the Daily Departed. Um, he thinks that, that 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 there is a good scare in there when the uh, the ghost of the assistant appeared, but the act of chivalry, which is the story we're talking about next week, was uh, too weird, and the ending was just dumb um, he thinks that some of his uh, Laird's ideas uh, can be uh, a bit rubbish which uh, I think is probably fair so thanks a lot for that uh, Keith I hope you had a good uh, holiday break um, and uh, well if you listen to it before New Year uh, you know you have a, yeah, you have a good New Year um, just usual housekeeping uh, Keith got hold of me on Twitter and my personal uh, Twitter account which is at orange underscore monkey which you can too and I will always give you a little bit have a little chat say hello um, if you want to contact me on my uh, well you can email me you can email me at chris at the twilight zone network.com if you go to our website www.thetwilightzonenetwork.com uh, there's also links to our Facebook page and also our Twitter account uh, which is Twilight Zone Net. You can also leave a message on any of the comment section on our website, and we can take a little look at that and say hello that way because it pops up when you do. Um, 
so um, there's lots of ways, ways to say hello you know we're always welcome to feedback both myself and uh, Tom um, this again has been a little bit delayed it's because of the Christmas break it's not because of any other reason I'm not starting to flag or anything uh, it's just you know you're, you're off out and doing things aren't you this time of year and it can get tricky to find the time to you know re-watch the episodes and, and do the writing and stuff and then, and then obviously record and edit but um, we'll get something out again for next week which will be uh, hopefully out on the bank holiday Monday uh, which in the in the UK which I think is the 2nd of January um, that is an act of chivalry which I think uh, you'll be like m- m- myself and Keith which is uh, it isn't a great story at all it's only a short only a minute there's no text in it there's no I don't mean no text there's no real speech in it apart from very brief and graphic confusing uh, surling introduction so we'll get on to that next week 